Welcome to CalCast, your creator national podcast. Episode 77. Welcome, GNN fans, to another episode of God Network News, the podcast that tells you what God's doing around the world, not what CNN tells you, but what GNN tells you is going on in the world. If you're tired of listening to all of that crisis network news and you want to hear what God's doing, well, give us a listen. Welcome, God Network News fans, to another great episode of God Network News. And this uh, particular episode, we have some exciting stories to tell you about what God's doing amongst Muslims in Indonesia, the largest Muslim country in the world. We're seeing huge people movements to Christ. We're seeing tens of thousands of Muslims that are converting to Christ. And uh, these stories are just incredible. People are being put in prison. People are suffering in all kinds of ways, but God is bringing fruit, amazing fruit in the thousands of Muslims coming to Christ. And so uh, we have some exciting stories that we're going to be sharing with you and also in episodes coming up. So let's get right into it. Okay, here we are, God Network News fans, uh, and we are interviewing uh, a new friend of ours, or actually a friend, a reacquaintance, uh, Roger, and uh, he's uh, working in a very unreached area of the world, and he has a few exciting stories, and so we're just going to capture a couple of the stories that are on his heart. Uh, Roger, it's great to have you uh, with, uh, with us on the program today. Uh, exciting to be with you. We appreciate uh, the ministry that media is having and sharing the vision of Jesus as it spreads across the world. Thanks. Yeah, great. You were mentioning uh, to me uh, about a very interesting and unique story of uh, a man that uh, started some home fellowships uh, through a kind of a unique method. Yeah, um, he was uh, an ordinary seminary graduate doing a ministry in a traditional style church happy with his uh, with his evangelistic outreach and actually doing quite a, a bit of outreach. It started a couple of small groups, but then a disaster struck the area and uh, more than 50,000 refugees had to flee their homes. Mm. And he got involved in that in a servant kind of role. And it uh, led to some significant growth and an interesting story. Wow. Can you tell us a little bit about how what happened? Well, um, there was a major earthquake and a lot of houses fell down mm. and he got involved in building very simple houses out of bamboo and tarps. But as he um, as he did it, he did it by forming uh, families into teams and asking them to be groups together. 
And as they uh, formed a group, picked a leader, uh, began planning whose house they would build first and how they would take care of the children, how they would take care of the women, he built relationships with these people. And they saw that, wow, this guy's really serving us. He's really, he cares about our families. And uh, through that uh, community service project, he began to turn some of those groups uh, from social groups into spiritual conversation groups mm. into Bible-centered uh, little discovery Bible studies where they would just ask a few simple questions, study the holy books together, and gradually they became believer groups. Wow, that's interesting. It reminds me of a movement that we uh, heard about and had some contact with in Myanmar where ladies were reaching out to Rohingya. They were uh, Rakhine from a Buddhist background. And uh, they thought, well, what do the people need? And they realized, oh, they need uh, to learn how to be seamstress, right? They really want to learn how to start a sewing company. So they got some money together and sewing machines and went down and actually taught the women how to do sewing. And through that, those sewing machine training groups turned into Bible studies. And those Bible studies eventually turned into churches. You know, um, Jesus said that the greatest commandment was to love God and to love one another. And we believe that uh, church planning and uh, developing house fellowships is really just uh, all part of that path. And so we think that serving and loving people from the beginning before they're Muslims that have followed Jesus, uh, just treating them as God's children in the world and loving yeah. them well is really the right way to start on yeah. the path. Um, my friend Lucas, who was uh, doing this ministry in helping rebuild houses, also realized that these people had lost their income and mm -hmm. uh, in many cases didn't have enough food. So a second step that he took was to um, start uh, a couple of small tofu factories that these mm -hmm. families run. They made money, but they also had a surplus of food that was cheap and freely available to their own families right. and it employed them. And so as uh, through the house building and through the tofu factories, um, he actually started over 40 small groups, but 32 of them were first generation groups with no children. And a couple of them had had both children groups and grandchildren groups where they were actually uh, local people starting their own Bible studies among their friends and family members. Mm. And his mentor said to him, how come you have so many kids that don't have any children? <laughs> and posed the grand question, the grandchildren question to him. And he was really challenged by that. Um, in fact, he felt like, oh no, I'm failing. My children are sterile. They don't have grandchildren. I don't have grandchildren. <laughs> I've only got children. And he actually went home and wept for a week. Oh he almost gosh. dropped out of the ministry. Now, oh. this guy was very tired from disaster relief. This happens to sure. people who get involved in relief work. They exhaust themselves helping so many other people. Mm. But uh, he fell on his knees before the Lord, he and his wife. They prayed for a week. He came back to his mentor and said, I was really struck by what you said. And I, at first I thought that I was just a failure. But then I thought, no, maybe this is God's way to humble me and teach me some new things. So um, I really want to I really want to go forward and see why some of my children don't have children. And so he um, he had been such a successful evangelist. I mean, who would complain about a guy that starts 40 small uh, house fellowships? Mm -hmm. But he decided to focus on um, fewer people instead of more. Our mentor said, you know, you're trying to be better than Jesus. And he said, <laughs> what? You're trying to be better than Jesus. Jesus only worked with 12 guys and only with three guys a lot. And you're trying to serve 40 different groups. Don't you think that's a little proud of you? Well, he took this <laughs> with a, a little bit of the tongue in cheek that my mentor had had, uh, had said. 
And Lucas um, began to focus on four or five of his most uh, godly and, and fruitful people. He said, first, I have to grow them in character. Second, I have to grow them uh, in um, mentoring skills. So they're coaching other people and not just thinking about their own personal group. And thirdly, I have to turn them into activists who find ways to love and serve the community the way I've been loving and serving in the community. Now, a number of these guys had seen him and really loved him for the way he'd served. So actually, he'd already attracted some of the right people, mm -hmm. but he hadn't told them, you could do this too. <laughs> and so um, kind of like Jesus with the 12, first he sends them out, they try some stuff, they come back, hey, that's cool. Uh, then he sends out 72 and they try some stuff and they come back and they're really happy and Jesus is really happy. We saw Lucas go from a situation where in 12, 2012, 32 of his groups had no children. And four years later in 2016, all 32 of those groups had four generations, children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. And it's become a movement uh, in its own right of well over uh, 8,000 uh, believers. So when you're talking about children and grandchildren, you're talking about fellowships uh, planting or giving birth to new fellowships and, and yeah we're not uh, talking about just individuals who want an individual who's one individual I'm talking about very small household side groups four five six people sometimes a little more uh, that are meeting regularly together around the word uh, studying a passage or two sharing prayer requests um, and then praying for their neighbors and asking God who else do you want me to share this with through that process and through this mentoring process that Lucas initiated there's a whole lot of uh, neighborhoods now in his area that are regularly uh, following after Jesus and really very fluently sharing uh, uh, Bible stories and Jesus as Savior, Lord, and eventually they come to know him as the one true God. It's very exciting. Yeah, that's amazing. And this the this community would be um, mostly Muslims or people from a Muslim background? Yes, this is actually a 100% Muslim community about... Um, 80% of them uh, would be farmers and small businessmen. Uh, some of them are uh, students and intellectuals. And uh, it's interesting how the gospel spreads along family lines and social networks in ways that we don't necessarily always capture in the West. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's about us, not just about me. Mm -hmm. And if I have good news, it's good news for us, not just good news for me. Yeah, amen. That's that's really amazing. Um, if there was one other, I, I remember you talking earlier about uh, a movement that was quite significant. I was uh, interested to hear more about that. I think it was 21,000 uh, home fellowships that uh, resulted from this movement. Could you tell us a little bit about that story? Yeah, actually, Lucas is part of a network of other like-minded guys who are using fruitful practices from the scripture and from uh, some movements that have happened in China and in India to uh, work together and they learn from each other and coach, uh, mutually coach each other and uh, aggregated together those 15 to 20 people uh, have seen uh, many of these small groups form not only uh, in the region uh, where it started but actually in about uh, 44 regions in Southeast Asia. Mm. Um, we are um, excited that different ethnic groups are all responding to this small group Bible study method. And uh, currently the numbers that we're tracking as of uh, April of 2018 are 21,700 small groups and that we have wow. names and general locations for. That's hard numbers, not uh, preacher's count. Yeah, that's incredible. That is so exciting to, to hear. I've heard uh, a few movements 
around the world with a few thousand uh, uh, believers from a Muslim background particularly. Uh, but, but those numbers were really exceptional, really amazing. <laughs>